So at this stage of our meeting, what we do now, however, is slightly different maybe from what you're used to. You're normally used to singing another hymn. But this time we're going to sing for you. We're not here to entertain, but we're here to sing. We'd like you to see every one of the students, even those who are not taking part. And we're going to sing. Now, I just wonder what I'm going to do for space here. I'm very tempted just to get them to stand up and turn around. It might just be the best, but we might uh, have some room somewhere to meet around the table here at the front. We're going to sing if you want to follow along with us. Hymn number 65 in your book. And we're going to sing the first, second and fourth verse of this hymn, hymn number 65. Might have more room up here. We'll try the pulpit so you can see it. We'll come up here. Thank you. sing. Amen. It's wonderful how the Lord, when he saves you, he puts a new song Amen. in our hearts. Even before our saved days, I'm sure many of us could testify to the fact that we're following a different sort of music. But now, today, we're not singing to entertain, but we're singing to uplift and exalt that man of Calvary. Mm-hmm. And what a blessed thing it is to have that testimony, yes. that testimony of saving grace. Amen. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb and I shall be whiter than snow. What a blessing it is.
to have yeah. that assurance Amen. that we can have our sins under the blood covered yes. by the precious blood of the Lamb in the Thank sea you. of his forgetfulness. We can have it if we but have faith and trust in the, what the Lord has done for us already. At this stage of our meeting, I'm going to call upon our sister, Alana Stewart. She's a second year ministerial student from the Macrafelt congregation. She's going to come now to read God's word. I've maybe said something funny there. Aye. She could maybe preach to us as well. <laughs> she's, she's a college student that you wouldn't know. There's a few changes on in the college this past few years, but we haven't went, we haven't went that far yet. But we'll welcome her sister. Her sister has preached in many's a, a woman's meeting, a ladies' meeting, and she's done very well. We'd love to hear her preaching, but on this occasion she'll not be preaching. She'll be reading, she'll be reading God's word, and what a privilege that is to be able to do that. And immediately after that, our, our brother Brian Lorimer, who's also a second-year ministerial student, he's going to come along. He's from the Balamina area. But, but before she does so, would like to just mention there will be a retiring offering on your way out, and it is for the work of the Whitfield College of the Bible. It takes a lot of money to run the college uh, with the heating and with the lectures and all the rest of it, and there is that retiring offering I've been asked to bring to your attention this morning. Thank you, uh, Sister. <coughs> Well, I'll just read them. The reading this morning is from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 14. Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin reading at verse 1 down to verse 14. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, onto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank your sister for reading that portion of God's Word. And with her Bibles open before us, we're going to briefly seek the Lord's face, knowing that fame is the help of man. If you're saved, you pray with me. And you're not saved. You ask God to speak to you and not only to speak to you, to save your never dying soul. I thank our brother 
Paul for leading the meeting. Uh, Paul is a fourth year ministerial student from our Balnehenge congregation. Let us now seek the Lord's face quietly in his presence. Lord, our Heavenly Father, as we come before thy precious word, we thank thee for all that has taken part thus far. And we ask of thee now to empty us now of self and of sin, to fill us full of the Holy Ghost and with power. Amen, Lord. I take, he undertakes. Mm. Thou hast said, ask and it shall be given ye. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Mm. And we thank thee that thou art not a man that thou should lie. Mm -hmm. And therefore we simply bring back your truth before thee. That's right. Lord, do as thou hast said. The ground of the blood. Lord, help as we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Lord, you've said there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And we simply bring back your truth before thee. Lord, we're thy, thy remembrancers. Do as thou hast said. Then the meeting will be sufficient. Then thou wilt speak. If thou dost come, move in power. Work on secretly and silently. Save the lost. Bless the saints. Help us to see Christ in all his majesty. Lord, shut us in with thyself. Amen. We pray that you'll shut out the world and the clamour of it. We plead the blood and now does know what we mean when we say this. Lord, hear the speaking blood. That's right. We thank thee for his person and his work. And therefore, we plead the blood against the enemy. Yes. Against powers and principalities. Oh, Lord, help us now. And do us good. For it's in Christ's name we ask all these things. And for thy glory alone, hide us behind the cross. Mm. That none would be seen but Jesus Christ. Mm. Give us power with God. Power with men. Amen. That which Whitfield knew in his day and generation. Yes, Lord. Lord, visit us, we pray. Mm. For it's in Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. For it's in his worthy name we ask it. Amen. 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 The passage that we have read here, that our sister read earlier, we find here the greatest miracle ever performed. The face of this earth. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You see, the birth of the incarnate Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, it was a birth like no other, for it was the second person of the Trinity who took upon himself a human soul and body into personal union with himself. took upon himself a tabernacle like ours, yet without sin, because he couldn't sin, because he is God, 
manifest in the flesh. Amen. You see, the humiliation of Christ truly involved the eternal word leaving the splendors of heaven. He who was rich for our sakes became poor, the sovereign ruler of the universe, the lawgiver, became subject to the demands of the law. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Matthew Henry, he stated this, He who was truly God for our sex became man, and he who was Lord of all consented to come into a state of subjection and to take upon him the form of a servant. You see, friends, the Lord Jesus Christ became flesh by taking to himself a human nature. A human nature being born of Mary because he didn't bring his humanity with him. No, but rather was born as each of us is born yet without sin. You see, Christ was born sinless, which is demonstrated by his conception, by the Holy Ghost in the womb of Mary, and was totally free from the pollution of sin. We read in verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. We find here the greatest miracle ever performed in the face of this earth. His humiliation, his humanity, his humanity and his humiliation, that the very fact that his birth was in a place that was originally for animals, we find here the only Redeemer of God's elect, the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man, and so was and continueth to be God and man in two distinct natures, and one person forever. Not two persons, two natures. For the divine and human natures in Christ are not mixed or confounded in one, but remain two pure and distinct natures constituting one person, one person forever. And therefore we have Christ's birth, the miracle of all miracles, the miracle of all miracles. 
the providence of God. The providence of God. The passage that we're considering took place under the reign of a man by the name of Caesar Augustus. We find that he was in a place of authority, governing the Roman Empire, which was spread across the world. We read in verses 1 and 2, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. You see, though Caesar had decreed that all the world should be taxed, it was all ordered from heaven. You see, the overruling providence of God appears in this simple fact. He orders all things in heaven and earth. He turns the hearts of kings whithersoever he will. He overruled the time when Augustus had decreed that the world should be taxed. He directed the enforcement of the decree in such a way that Mary must be at Bethlehem. Listen, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. You see, little did the Roman emperor think and his officer Serenius think that they were only the instruments in the hand of God and they were turning out the eternal eternal purposes of the king of kings. Truly we see all things, all things according to the providence of God. We read In Daniel 4.35, you don't have to turn to it for time's sake. But he doeth. He doeth according to his will. In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. You see, God is the monarch of the world. He's the sovereign over all things. Augustus could really do nothing. Only that which God allowed to happen. Child of God. We've much to rejoice in. Yes, though the rulers of this earth may set themselves against the Lord. And though they may pass laws that we oppose, God has decreed whatsoever comes to pass. And don't misunderstand me. God is not the author of sin. But God has allowed things to happen. To happen. You learned Or perhaps some of you, you've learned from earliest of days, you've had the privilege of growing up in a Christian household, growing up in a Sunday school perhaps. And you've learned the catechism 
from earliest of days. What are the decrees of God? The decrees of God are his eternal purpose. According to the counsel of his will. Whereby for his own glory. He hath foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. Romans 8. That well known verse. Many a Christian will quote it. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. It doesn't say some things friends. The Bible says and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. All things. All things. Merciful providences. Afflicting providences. Every providence is for our good. And for the good of those that are Christ's. God would not let anything bad happen to us. No. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called. Our brother mentioned it in his testimony. I love my Saviour. And we only love him because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. You see, the universe doesn't work automatically. It's still under the control of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we take comfort, friends, of God's providential government of the world because God's providence is that work of God in which he preserves all his creatures and is active in all that happens in the world and directs all things to their appointed ends. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under it, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The providence of God, the time appointed of the Father, that he who was God for our sex became man. Became man. And so it is truly the miracle of all miracles. For the virgin birth was a special miracle in which the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, wrought 
as a consequence, the second person of the Trinity, God's eternal Son, took into union with himself a human nature and was born as each of us is born yet without sin and lesson without surrendering in any fashion his divine nature because there's only one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God and friend you who are without Christ in this meeting there's only one way of salvation things don't happen by chance or coincidence you're in this meeting you have the privileges of hearing divine truth but my friend to be in the meeting is not enough Get to Christ. Get to the only Redeemer. For neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given under heaven, given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. It's necessary. It's the most important thing. More important than that which you place importance, friend. The eternal well-being of your soul. There is the proclaiming of the gospel. We see it in verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You see, the angel proclaims the gospel in the sense no longer for the Jew, but to all which shall be to all people. The angel proclaims the gospel, good tidings of great joy. Great tidings, good tidings of great joy. Joy that is unspeakable. Joy that is immeasurable. Joy that is everlasting. Joy that is to be found in no other than our Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps there's one in this meeting this Lord's day. And you need to cry as David of old. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Oh friend, get back to your first love, for there's mercy. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. You see, Christ is married, married to the backslider. 
There's no divorcement. It's a union that is inseparable. Can't be broken. Therefore, return. Return to your first love. You see, we don't know if this was Gabriel, the angel that had appeared in the original chapter to Zacharias and Elizabeth to tell that Elizabeth would be Elizabeth would bear a son whose name would be John, the forerunner of Christ. But what we do know is that it was one of the heavenly hosts and that it was the best news that the earth did ever hear. And though the angel is only addressing the shepherds in the field, the message is for others. Though at first they fall with fear. And so the guilty fall because of the holiness of God. Yet the angel proclaims the way of mercy. The way of mercy. Friends, but though we, though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Let him go to hell. You see, friends, we reject what Rome teaches concerning the virgin birth of Christ because Mary is no mediatress. She was not sinless. She was only a sinner saved by grace. And if my mind serves me right, you find in John chapter 2, verse 5, and we find Mary's testimony, and she says, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, friends, if we are to reject what the scripture teaches concerning the virgin birth of Christ, there are serious consequences. Because to reject the virgin birth of Christ as it is revealed in Scripture is to reject the authority of Scripture. (coughs) Jeopardizing the salvation of the soul. For no soul can be saved except from faith in the inspired word of of God. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You see the message doesn't change. 
even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. No difference. You see, to reject the doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ is to reject the eternal sonship of Christ and his pre-existence as the eternal word in the bosom of the Father. To reject what the Bible teaches is to renounce the impeccability of Christ. He who was able not to sin, not able to sin. To reject that is to reject the sinlessness of Christ. You see, the sinlessness of Christ is essential to our salvation. And that only a lamb without blemish and without spot is an acceptable sacrifice for sins. For without the shedding of blood is no remission. And it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Therefore, it leads to undermine, undermine the efficacy or the power of his atoning blood because only the blood of incarnate deity can propitiate or appease the wrath of God remove the guilt of our sin and reconcile us to God not the blood of bulls or goats only the blood of incarnate deity can propitiate the wrath of God. Remove the guilt of our sin and reconcile us to God. And therefore, to reject the virgin birth of Christ as revealed in Scripture is to deny, is to deny the entire gospel. Because I say this hypothetically, if Christ is not virgin born and sinless, then there is no resurrection. There's no ascension. There's no second coming. But my friends, he was born. And that in a low condition, made under the law, rendering perfect obedience to it, undergoing the miseries of this life, the wrath of God and the cursed death of the cross, and was buried and continued under the power of death for a time. They rose again and they ascended. And he seated at the right hand of God, listen, where he intercedes for and reigns over all things on behalf of his people. 
and is coming again to judge the world at the last day. You see, friends, we are ambassadors of God. For Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. The church can't save you. Oh yes, we are glad and praise God that you're in a meeting such as this. We are glad that you come in under preaching. But you must come to him. It's not enough to be in the church service. If you're outside of Jesus Christ, you can be baptized. You can be catechized. You can grow up in the church. You can have the godliest of parents. And yet still go to a Christless eternity. Rejecting the only way of salvation. And therefore we plead with you in God's name. Be ye reconciled to God. Flee from wrath to come. Flee to the Christ of God. See, the gospel doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. It's the same blessed message there's only one way there's no other way when you try to do it some other way friend you're saying Christ is not enough you're actually saying Christ is not good enough and therefore flee to Christ escape for thy life for whomsoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we point you away from the church, we point you to Christ, to Him. This is the same message He said, Fear not, behold. Behold who? The same message that John the Baptist preached. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The same message that Stephen the Christian martyr preached. As the religious came to take his life, he's found faithful unto death, preaching the only way of salvation. Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the right hand of God. Therefore flee to him. Flee to him. For he 
hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him in him you're either in Christ or you're out of Christ you're either in Adam our first parent or you're in Christ there's no middle ground it's either one or the other it's either one or the other my time is gone I briefly close thirdly praising God praising God verses 13 and 14 and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace good will toward men you see the heavenly host they join in one voice one voice of praise the angels desire that God would be glorified upon the earth it's amazing to see one angel proclaiming good tidings of great joy and then angels united in praise toward God Oh, that we, the people of God, would praise Him. Praise Him who loved us and gave Himself for us. Oh, yes, I know that we can be in a service and just give a bare lip service and the heart not be in it. But the thing is, there were some of you in this meeting. And as we were singing the hymns unto God, you didn't even open your mouth. It's either one of three things. You have a sore throat, fair enough. We get a sore throat. Or you're badly backslidden. Or you're not saved at all. And he hath put a new song into our mouths. Praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear. And shall trust in the Lord. You see the (coughs) angels didn't experience what we have. God never came to save angels. They desire and look into those things that God would deal with sinful men such as we. He was made a little lower than the angels. For this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief.
There's only one gospel. Know that we, the people of God, would praise him who loved us. And let me tell you something. There wasn't anything loving in us. You here without Christ, get to him. Flee from wrath to come. Flee to the only way of salvation. He came not to bring peace among men. He came to bring peace between God and men. Therefore, as I said earlier, the only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man, and so was, and continueth to be, God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. Make no doubt about it. Therefore call upon him while he is near. He says, Come. Christ and the church says, Come. Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Make no doubt about it, because God is not a man that he should lie. Make no doubt about it. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. The meeting is over. We'll not take time to sing a closing hymn. But I just want to, even as our heads are bowed, refer you to that chorus of the hymn, the hymn 232 in our book. O turn while the Saviour in mercy is waiting, and steer for the harbour light. For how do you know that your soul may be drifting over that deadline tonight? Let us pray. Our Father and our Saviour, we do thank Thee that we've heard the gospel message proclaimed again this day. We do thank Thee, Lord, for Thy precious word. We thank Thee, Lord, even for the fact that so many are in today. Providentially, we believe. Lord, we pray that Thou would speak to those, Lord, who might even be today as even our brother Andrew was in past days, sitting in the back corner of the meeting thinking of something else. Lord, I pray today that Thou would be pleased to speak, Lord, Amen. in a way that Thou would waken the dead. Amen. 
I pray, Lord, that Thou would be pleased to, Lord, even shake those who are dead, Lord, or those, Lord, who are, Lord, cold in their backsliding. And we pray today that this might be that red-letter day when they might either come back to Thee or when they might be sought and found of Christ. Father, we do pray that Thou would bless everything that was said today that is of Thee. We pray, Lord, that it might bring forth much fruit. And Lord, if there was something said, done, sang, or whatever else that was not of Thee, Lord, take it away from our minds. Mm. And Lord, we pray that that which would remain might indeed be blessed, that it might bring forth much fruit, that it might, Lord, even see the day when individuals might come through for Thee. Lord, we look down and we see a congregation, and we'll thank Thee for it. Well, Lord, we thank Thee that Thou art the searcher of hearts. We thank Thee that Thou art the one that looketh in and upon us. And Lord, we might look like we're the greatest Christian here, all dressed up here in good time and smiles on our faces and all the rest of it, Lord. But we realize that Thou knowest the very inward depths of the darkness of our hearts. Lord, we pray today that Thou would bless. Lord, undertake. Give that grace. Lord, undertake for us now as we part. We pray that we might do so with Thy favor. We pray, Lord, even as this congregation would meet again in thy will this evening, we pray that thou would be with them, that thou would bless thy word as it's preached, that thou would bless in the prayer meetings, even this revival prayer meeting. Lord, we've heard even of a little snippet of how revival impacted this area. Mm. Send it again. Amen. Send it again. Revive our heart even this morning. Mm -hmm. In thy name we ask it. Amen. Amen.